It is week 16 in the NFL, and that is the Bober and Hanley Pro Football Podcast. Uh, very Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy holidays. He is the former pro, Chris Bober. I am Nick Hanley with AM590 as we get into what is going to be kind of a, a spread out week of NFL matchups. And we actually have a game not only on Christmas Day, but we got another Saturday, uh, three games actually on Saturday, then some Sunday games too, Monday games. So uh, we are getting down to it. In fact, two more weeks of the regular season. And uh, we talked about this the last couple of weeks, Chris, of the, the cream rising to the top. We've already kind of seen the, the contenders versus the pretenders. I think we probably kind of hashed that out back in week 12. I will ask you this question right now, though, as far as contenders and pretenders. There's a team that we know is going to be in the playoffs, but a team that I thought might be the best team in the NFL at one point. I think you know where I'm going with this. The Pittsburgh Steelers all of a sudden losing three in a row and two of those losses, we could, we could all forgive a loss to the Buffalo Bills, but losing to the Washington football team, which, okay, they might win the NFC East. Cool. You're like the, you're the, you're the skinniest kid at fat camp, you know, all right, good job. But then you got a loss to the Cincinnati Bengals with no Joe Burrow. I honestly, I have no confidence in the Pittsburgh Steelers. In fact, Bober, I wouldn't even put money on them getting out of the first round based on the way they're playing right now. I agree with you. Um, another funny story about the Steelers. So I actually got knocked off in my fantasy football playoffs. Oh, but listen to this. It, it had to do with the Steelers, right? So I, I had um, a lot of good games and going into the Monday night football game, the only, my opponent, the only person um, entity they had playing was the Bengals defense. I'm like, the Bengals, and they needed like 13 points, some points. The Bengals defense hasn't scored 13 points more than twice, yeah. twice in a year. Like, I'm like, oh, this, they're going to crush them. Well, so it's my mom's birthday the other night on Monday. I'm over at their house, and I get in the car at half, and I kind of look at my phone. And Ben Roethlisberger decides to throw a pick. They fumble the ball twice, mm-hmm. and they actually make a mad comeback. At the end of the game, I lose – 154.84 to 154.82. <laughs> <laughs> point is how I lost in the semifinals. <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals defense. I mean, I'd like to send that over to ESPN and, and say, has anyone ever lost this close? I mean, it's got to be. That's a bad beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, what? Whatever. that's what you love about football because <laughs> there's so many things happening that we can't predict, right? If it was just straight and easy and the favorites run every time, it'd be kind of boring. But the Steelers right now are like a shell of who they were before. Yeah. And I think that what they were, they were primarily relying on their defense to carry them. And then offense was very opportune, um, opportunistic, especially when they had a lead, right? That's when they could take shots to their tall receivers, their dancing and stuff like that. Yeah. All of a sudden, the defense is is middling, right? They, they still have some studs up there, but without um, some of the injuries that they've had, without those guys, they, they're just they, – they have weaknesses. So then the offense has to pull their weight, and they can't do it. You know, they just – they literally cannot run the football. Right. And when you are one-dimensional in this league, teams will take advantage of it, even the lowly Cincinnati Bengals, who look like a, a playoff team the other night. But I agree with you. This reminds me of so many times you see these teams that come out and are so hot – and it's almost like they're they're mortgaging their future just to, to continue on this streak. Yeah. And when, come, when the bill comes due, they just kind of limp into the playoffs, and, and they're not a factor. So they, they, they're dangerous. They got some good players, but I would not bet on them to win a playoff game at this point because, I mean, I 
there's no one I, who I think that they, they match up with well. They're just not playing well. Yeah, and you've mentioned a few times on this podcast uh, their inability to have a consistent running game. And I would say, I, I, first of all, I agree with that. I would also say that in most years, you're probably, if you're Mike Tomlin, you're not as worried about that because Ben Roethlisberger is equipped arm-wise to throw the ball 50, if, if need be, uh, 50 times. And I, now what we're kind of seeing, and we've this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, is he's a guy that, you know, the body, we talked about how beneficial it would be for Pittsburgh to get that number one seed because uh, they, more than probably the Kansas City Chiefs, need that bye week because of – Ben Roethlisberger himself not having that traditional bye week because of COVID earlier in the year. Guys like Roethlisberger's body just absolutely takes a beating. He breaks down. He's he's injured almost every year. The guy just takes a lot of shots. That you're watching a guy that seems like I I, I just I watch Ben Roethlisberger's last couple of weeks. He looks tired. He looks worn down. And to not have a complimentary running game, to not have that Le'Veon Bell type guy that can take some of that workload off of you. I like James Conner. He's just not the same type of running back. And so the lack of that running game, I think you're now starting to see that's impact here in the latter part of the season and the kind of stress it's putting on Ben Roethlisberger. The other part is we know this defense has been beaten up a little bit with some key injuries. That was the the one thing that I thought stood out about this team more than anything in the first eight or nine weeks is their defense looked dominant at times. They and you And you're right. They still got some good pieces there, but now this defense is starting to give up some pretty big drives. They're not getting off the field as much as they were earlier in the season. So, I mean, just kind of the, the culmination of all of this, look, we might be proven wrong come playoff time. Maybe they, they sort of find that second wind, if you will. But right now you want to start seeing those types of teams, teams that you know are going to be in the playoffs playing the type of football that you're going to see in January. And if, this is any indication of what the Steelers are going to be. That's why I say, man, it's hard to say that they're going to get out of the first round. Yeah. And, and, and then they, they actually had a pretty decent plan going forward to try to hit the short game and stuff, but then his receivers continue to drop the ball, right? Yeah. Show a lot of, you know, they're out there dance. Juju's out there dancing on the logo <laughs> and all these things. And at the end of the day, he can do it every once, but it's not lining up with his production. Right. And, and it isn't that he's not talented is that he's, he's making a lot of mistakes. He's put his quarterback and his team in bad positions, Right, but um, they it's, it's really hard once you get going, they've lost three in a row. Once you start losing like that, it kind of creeps into your mindset and it's going to be really hard, hard to overcome. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. We're looking at the playoff picture and, you know, in the AFC KFC, Kansas city's pretty much got the number one seed locked up. They have two games left against Atlanta and Denver, and they yeah. only have to win one of those to guarantee, and they could probably lose both and still get that spot. So look for them to come out very determined against Atlanta uh, and then maybe lose to Denver just sitting all their guys. Um, then, of course, Pittsburgh got jumped by Buffalo. Buffalo jumped them into the number two, and, and it doesn't matter because Chiefs have a two-game lead on them, and they beat them head-to-head. Um, now, the interesting part comes down to the, some of the division you know, Buffalo and Miami are kind of going at it, but Buffalo's in good shape because they'd have to lose two and Miami would have to win two. Um, then you got the, the, the AFC South where Indianapolis and Tennessee, you know, they both have tough games this week. Indy goes to Pittsburgh and Tennessee goes to Green Bay. And then after that, they got Jacksonville and Houston respectively. So whoever wins this week, I think is, is, is going to be the person, the, the team that gets it done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause right now Tennessee has a tiebreaker on um on that and then and then we go to you know so on the on the, on the afc side the num 
probably the first two seeds are locked up, but after that, there's a lot of a lot of things going on. And also, I think you also have to mention Baltimore, who is yeah, absolutely in right now, and they need the Steelers to win, right? They need the Steelers to beat Indianapolis and or Cleveland so that they can jump ahead of them. Because as of right now, Baltimore, regardless of running the ball for 250, 300 yards a game, reminiscent of the 1999 UNO Mavericks. At this point, they're not in the playoffs. Who so. was the running back that for that team? Oh, we had Adam Wright. Adam, Adam Wright. Wright, Omaha North. There you go. Went to the NFL, went to the, um, the, the Giants with me a little bit. But, That's right. Um, so things are shaping up there. Big games you could talk about. NFC. You know, it looks like Green Bay's kind of got the, the, the number one seed wrapped up over there. Um, yeah. You know, New Orleans came out, but they got, um, you know, then you got Seattle, Washington, or New York, or Philly won. So the, the NFC least could put some people out there. But um, I think it all got crazy when the Rams lost, right? The Rams, yeah. Rams got to play against Seattle this week, which is pretty much for the division. And then they each have to play a division opponent in Arizona and San Francisco. So, um, it looks like mostly the playoff teams are kind of set up over on, on the NFC side, but it doesn't look like we have a consensus on where they're going to be seated yet. Who's going to be the division champs and stuff like that. So a lot, a lot of very meaningful games coming up this weekend. Yeah. You bring up the green Bay Packers and that's where I want to go next because that's a team that still does have new Orleans breathing down their neck, uh, and then you kind of look at what they have in front of them. Uh, you mentioned having Tennessee that, you know, that that's, a, that's still going to be a, a really tough test for green Bay um, taking on the Titans. That's going to be of course uh, this weekend. And then you look at depending on the result of that game, taking on the Chicago bears at the very end of the year in Chicago, uh, if they're in a position where they can't improve their seed at all, do you use it as the bye week uh, knowing that you don't have one. And if you do have one, then you probably do play your guys. But also, I'm just going to say this. this is going to sound crazy on this podcast. Chicago is going to beat Jacksonville this weekend. Okay, so they're going to be eight and seven. Yeah, they are. They're, I mean, did Jacksonville realizes from the, from the New York Jets, like, all right, they just gave us a gift. So we cannot win games. I know you played the game. That is so hard to say to a, a player, hey, don't win the football game. But as far as doing things within four quarters that I think would, you know, you know, be consistent with conventional wisdom, I don't know. I, I, they're a team, I mean, they're, they're getting worse as the season is progressing. So I'm just going to say, not because I believe in the Chicago Bears, but I think Jacksonville understands they're in, in a spot. So let's assume that the Bears beat Jacksonville. They're eight and seven. The Cardinals still do have a game against the Rams. So if the Cardinals fall back, then we've got a battle for that seven seed. If the, the Packers have everything wrapped up, but they know that they can drive a, a nail through the Chicago Bears season, I would think that Matt LaFleur is going to try to do that, meaning Aaron Rodgers is going to play as much as he needs him to. Their starters are going to play as much as they need to. The Packers are in a very interesting position because if they win this game against Tennessee, then they're in. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a big if. I get it because Tennessee's a very good team. And so would they play all their guys? Would they maybe utilize a, a two-week uh, buy? Or would they say, hey, you know what? Two weeks is too much. We got to play our guys in week 17 against Chicago, A, so we can stay sharp and then use that off week to our advantage, and B, be able to eliminate a division rival as well. Well, I think every coach has their, their own philosophy on how they do this. 
Um, I, I remember, remember the Colts back in the 2000s that were always like the top seed and they always yeah. that for two or three weeks and they always lost in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. that was a, the, an example of what didn't work. But then I look at a guy like Andy Reid, who knows exactly when to rest his guys and they've had, had pretty good success. So has um, some of these other coaches that know what they're doing. And I think that you, d- you don't want to risk your guys, but you also don't want to let them get complacent. Right. So going through the process of just warming up and getting ready for a game and maybe playing a series or two or a quarter or a half is probably more likely for most of these teams than guys just sitting on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. What you're really looking at is going into that first playoff game at full strength as much as possible. You bring up an interesting concept with the Bears because, you know, there's a there's a there's a middling team that was that started out hot. They all of a sudden went way back, and now they've 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 come out and figured out how to win games. Um, this Mitchell Trubisky guy is running the ball, which <laughs> everyone said he should have been doing. Everything they should have been doing. I don't even want to get. I, we could spend another two hours. I, everything they should have been doing in the first half of the season. My God. Especially as a Bears fan, right? Right. Um, right. Um, but again, it just. I would say that the revenge factor, the division factor, isn't as much nearly as much of a factor as being in the best possible position going into the playoffs. So it's yeah. whatever the coach believes. And so, like I said, I think the Chiefs, you know, they, 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 for example, I think they'll beat Atlanta. And I think that the last week of the season, they'll rest their guys. And they, 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 they might still beat the Broncos with their backups, but they're, 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 they're taking that rest because they know that they need it, you know? So if you can do stuff like that, teams will do it. So if the, if the Green Bay Packers have it locked up, then I think Aaron Rodgers does not see that much time. I think some guys who are have aches and pains don't play. Um, we're kind of getting, getting to that, that point. Um, it's kind of funny. We're talking about like our best, best last week. The one team that I, that I totally whipped on was Minnesota who I thought would have a much, much better effort against Chicago, a division opponent at home. Um, they had great line value in there, but Chicago yeah. beat them out, right? Um, you you picked well in Carolina, saying they would keep it close because they've got annihilated the first half. Yeah, and all of a sudden they, they backdoor cover. They covered, they covered, and then our head-to-head matchup, I covered by half a point. Yeah, I know. Seven and a half. I mean, seven and a half is bad. It's a hard number. I don't yeah. want to say Houston looked good, but I mean, considering the way that they looked a week ago, I was like, okay, if they even come within fourteen points, I'll be stunned. It's, it's so funny. The NFL games, anything that goes above a touchdown is such a risk because I know it. Well, it, it, these teams are cl- way closer than you think. You know yeah. what I mean? They're putting in paid $200 million of a payroll and they have good players. It's just sometimes it, it doesn't come together, but you know, we're kind of, we're kind of doing, we're doing okay with their picks. Um, maybe, maybe get into this, I guess, before we get into this week's, you know, the, the funniest news I saw this week was, was Dwayne Haskins who after, coming going out and actually playing good decides to go i think it was a private party with strippers and yeah. the headline wasn't that he was with strippers it said he didn't he didn't have a mask on yep <laughs> where yeah. Yeah. society where ah the pandemic <laughs> headlines right there <laughs> you know what if you're gonna be around naked women put a mask on <laughs> yeah. that's probably a good rule of thumb uh, even if we're not in a pandemic but i'm just you know that's my yeah you might want to stay you know anywhere <laughs> I mean, in certain places, that is. Well, we didn't have smart social media and smartphones and stuff. That is true. Like, well, that, that, but that's that makes it even more stupid, right? Yeah. I mean, come on, you're gotta know you're this. a young player that is a product of social media when it comes to what you do outside of of football. I mean, it's not like oh, well, social media wasn't a thing two or three years ago for Dwayne Haskins when he would go out. I mean, you're still a very young guy. 
you've grown up in this generation of social media, so you should know more than anything that that's your that's your digital resume. Mm. And especially in a pandemic, especially the quarterback position. And for a guy who's trying to prove to an organization that he can still be the franchise guy. And if not for Washington, he could be a franchise or a quarter starting quarterback for another organization that might be quarterback needy. Everybody looks at those little things, those decisions of how serious you take the job. And I don't want to sit there and make a federal case out of what he did. Because trust me, there are worse things that have been done by players that have gotten a lot less criticism. You just got to know better, especially as you pointed out, the key point there is that he got his job back, uh, even though it was because of an injury. And he actually did look good and look like a guy that sort of got that message, took the time on the sideline to his advantage. And then you go out and make a poor decision that that just cannot bode well with that organization or anybody else who's kind of keeping tabs on Dwayne Haskins of, hey, if he becomes available, we might be interested. Yeah, it's, it's another chink in the armor for a guy that I didn't yeah. trust very much anyway because I don't think he has the ability to – many leadership skills, and he, he's kind of proven guys like who have those kind of opinions right by doing that. And, you know, how do you hand the keys to a franchise to a guy that, that can't wait two more, three more weeks to right. go to the strip club or, or not take pictures? I don't know. It's bad decision-making all around, and you're an NFL quarterback to, to make that kind of money and get that kind of power. you got to earn it, and he's not definitely not earning it in my mind. You take lessons from one of the greats, great athletes we've seen in the last 20 years, Derek Jeter. Anytime you go into any function, give me your cell phone, give me your cell phone, give me your cell phone, give me your cell phone. Go have fun. But if you know that there's something that could come out making you look bad, mm. make sure you got everybody's cell phone so they can't capture that on well, video. Derek Jeter, he, he, he taught the lesson. You know, you never saw Derek Jeter uh, on video doing anything stupid. So I'm just saying. Uh -huh. I, I probably a little bit different era because those are flip phone cameras. Like, <laughs> everyone, has um, you can do it with your watch now too. I could just pull my watch out and I could start, you know, filming you. I guess so. You know, it is pretty crazy, but yeah, I mean that was obviously not very smart. But you know, for Washington, that's a team right now that uh, they're they're in good shape. I, I give so much credit to Ron Rivera right now with just sort of not only what he's had to battle with. Uh, you know, physically on his own health with the battling cancer, but also uh, taking over that organization. When we started this podcast, Chris, I, I laughed uh, with you about the type of job that Ron Rivera was going to have to kind of pull off in, in Washington, because not only did he need to coach a, a franchise that was on the decline and a roster that you just didn't really know uh, where to start with, but also having to sort of reshape the image and the brand going from the, the previous Washington Redskins now to the Washington football team and then try to figure out a, a new mascot in a new direction for this organization. And here you hear Dan Schneider saying, yeah, you know, Ron Rivera is going to be a big part of all of this. Uh, he, we got the right person in place to, to help our branding. It's like, did Ron Rivera really sign up for all of that? So I, I cannot, I cannot give him enough credit. I, I think he has done a fantastic job and he's got that team believing and if, look, they've got flaws. That roster is not perfect. They've battled injuries just like everybody else too, but they're, they're finding ways to win football games uh, just as much as they need to uh, in that division to possibly play in the postseason. If anybody would have said the Washington football team would have been a postseason team, even if it was winning a God awful NFC East, I don't think any of us would have believed them. So I think that's a true testament to Ron Rivera. Yeah. You got to root for a guy, a guy like that. And, you know, as we start to look at this week's games, you know, there was two 15 point underdogs that won outright last week, which I don't think I've ever heard of that before. So let's, let's get into it and see what we got coming up this week.
Christmas Day is where it gets started. So no Thursday night game, but Christmas Day is where Week 16 gets underway. And this one's going to be an interesting one. Vikings Saints, again, really important for the Saints. The Vikings, I'm going to be curious to see what they have going on too because they are essentially out of it. Um, I think they have less than a 2% chance of actually making the playoffs. The Saints are still alive to get that number one seed, but they cannot slip up at all. And the Vikings are good enough that if you do have an off day, especially with the running attack and their wide receiving combo, which we thought Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, boy, replacing Diggs was going to be tough. I, I got to tell you, I, I think they've, they've not only done that, but I think they've done that in, in a way that I didn't even think was possible. And Justin Jefferson, he is a, he's been a fantastic addition. So if Kirk Cousins can get him the football uh, to, to Thielen and Jefferson too. The defense for Minnesota, though, is where I think they they truly let themselves down. It's just not a good defense. They're beaten up. They're starting, you know, some young guys, rookies that are not considered to be great players. So I still love the Saints offense in this one. But again, if Drew Brees is kind of rusty, still feeling a bit of the effects of coming back last week. This is a team that at least offensively, if they can get some turnovers, use the short field. Minnesota, I think, can keep this one close. I just think at the end, their defense doesn't hold up against the Saints. Yeah, the number here is seven. It got up to seven, which I think is about right. Um, Minnesota, really, after they lost to the Bears a couple weeks ago, they haven't been able to recover. Um, New Orleans Saints, I think this is a good spot and a good matchup for them for a bounce back. Um, yeah. Watching them play against the Chiefs, I was very impressed with their defense. I mean, they blanketed the Chiefs receivers. Um, but the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, who figures out ways to beat covered receivers. Um, yeah. But Drew Brees, they, I mean, I, they were 0-7 in the first three. three. They were three and out, like seven drives in a row to start that game. Definitely have rust in there. And I'll give Sean Payton credit for keeping him in there and saying, let's push through this. Um, I think New Orleans bounces back. They, they definitely need a win. They need to get going in the right direction. Um, and they need to get Drew Brees. Minnesota's not a great defense, so it's a good defense to, for Drew Brees to kind of warm back up with yeah. as they go into the playoffs. So I think that, I think the line of seven is pretty good. I would lean probably towards um, probably towards New Orleans here, beating them by seven or more. I just think they need, they need a bounce back game. And I think that that defense is actually playing really well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I, I was uh, even in the loss, I was impressed with some of the things they were able to do. They put, they put a lot of hits on Patrick Mahomes too, and it's right. not easy to do. So I, I thought, the Saints defensive side of the football. And I think as Drew Brees kind of reacclimates himself, the offense will get going again. If he is rusty, if he turns the ball over, that's the only shot I give the Vikings in this one. But I think, yeah, when all is said and done, not only do the Saints win, but I think they cover. Um, Saturday, you've got three games, as I mentioned. Nothing too appetizing other than the Niners Cardinals, which is interesting for the fact that, as I mentioned, the Cardinals are trying to keep everybody at arm's length, mainly the Chicago Bears. And so the 49ers, Chris, a team that's five and nine, a team that I would say is probably one of the most dangerous sub 500 teams because they do have guys that can hurt you. They have just been absolutely ravaged with injuries. So kind of the same thing with the Saints. Cardinals should win this game. But if Kyler Murray is not himself, if Kyler Murray has an off day, Niners defensively, the way that they're coached, I could see them keeping this thing close. So that to me is probably the most important game. You got the Bucks Lions uh, is the first game of the day. That's uh, Tampa Bay minus nine and a half, which I think is probably the right number. Uh, Niners Cardinals, where the Cardinals are uh, the last time seen as a five point favorite. And then the, the evening matchup is the Dolphins Raiders, where Miami is a three point favorite in Vegas. So 
I mean, are you are you with me on that Niners Cardinals matchup as far as the most interesting one, or is there another one of those that maybe even from a betting standpoint is a little bit more intriguing? So this is this is interesting here, and I'm I'm gonna have to go through the games to pick. My, my original pick for my underdog was gonna be the Niners because looking at line movement that moved from minus two and a half, I mean it moved down a couple of points. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm re- realizing why um, Nick Mullins is out. Nick Mullins has an right. injury. So their top three quarterbacks are out. I don't know what you're going to do. Kyler Murray, by the way, who, by the way, was a quarterback on the my opposition fantasy football team, comes out Jerk. and just didn't even play that good, just had a whole bunch of stats, yeah. right? Um, he's he's kind of back, right? He had a mid, mid-season slide, but he looks healthy now. I think Arizona, now I'm kind of more on, on the Arizona side, I would say. I think the interesting matchup is going to be this Vegas team against Miami because um, I originally thought, you know what, Vegas plus three now it got up to. I thought that's a good line. But then, you know, I realized that Brian Flores is a coach who, who does very well when he knows what's coming. And Marcus Mariota comes in last week and played awesome. I mean, yep. he did. he's got to be one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. He yep. runs the ball well. Um, I, I think I, I would attribute a lot of that success probably to going against a Chargers team that – wasn't prepared to defend the the read option and stuff like that. Guys were totally lost on that, <clears throat> which is understandable, really, when you when you just throw a backup quarterback. It happens all the time. I don't think he has that same kind of success against Miami, you know. So that that took me off that a little bit because I think Flores, I think he might have a little bit better game plan for running quarterback. They've done well against running quarterbacks this year. So from a betting standpoint, it's it's intriguing, honestly, because that line moved from minus two to plus two and a half. Right, the Vegas um, when they when did with Carr, they were favored by two. Now they're an underdog by two and a half. Now three, I think they're up to three. So that that might be good line movement on the on the um, on the Vegas side. But I, you know, I'm not going to pick that just yet. I got to go through them now because I got to rethink after after I'm realizing that that Mullins is yeah. out. But I mean, that, I think that's an intriguing game, right? Those both those teams yeah. are fighting. The Raiders are fighting hard. They're they're more out of it. But Miami is is fighting for a better spot too, mm-hmm. and they need to play better football. Uh, Tua looked good last week. I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's going to be a good football game. Sunday slate. Um, don't need to spend much time. I mean, it, I, I get it. Chicago is a flawed football team. I'm not trying to say that the last three weeks, especially their offense, means that they've now figured things out. But Jacksonville is not only a one in 13 team, but they have now been getting worse. There were times that they were actually competitive and now they're just getting worse. I think they see the end of the season. They're just trying to play it out. So I don't know. Am I crazy to say, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say, Hey, I'm taking Chicago seven and a half because it is still the bears. I know better than that, but am I crazy to think that? Yeah, that's gotta be a win for Chicago. Oh yeah. I, I, I right there with you. Chicago's got a lot of momentum. Um, and what they're doing is, is transferable. They're going down to Jacksonville. So barring a, um, you know, a rainstorm, it should be good conditions. <laughs> and, you know, Minshew, the Minshew mania hasn't returned. I don't think it will against Chicago. And I don't think Mike Glennon's the answer either. Well, yeah, it's just, it's just a matter of, you know, the, the bears defense is their best attribute. Right. Yeah. So I think that they're going to hold this game close. And so I, yeah, I, I think seven and a half, I wouldn't bet that number. It's a hard number to go against. Um, but I think Chicago wins this game. Uh, your Chiefs and the Falcons. I've I've loved what we've seen from the Falcons at time since they parted ways with Quinn. But you know, I, again, I, I just I feel like there are certain teams at this time of the year 
they're locked in. They're, I mean, they're laser focused. The Chiefs are one of those few teams that if you're a team that just doesn't match up roster wise, I, I know any given Sunday, I get it, but I just, I can't see the Chiefs slipping up in this one. And it's a big number, mind you, 10 and a half is what I'm seeing right now. But I, 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 I wouldn't bet it just because I'm not, I don't like the double digits, but still, I, I mean, the Chiefs, they should be fine. Well, I think the Chiefs win this game, obviously, but interestingly enough, uh, the Chiefs are 0-6 against the spread in their last six games, right? They've all mm-hmm. been favored big, and they've all won those games, but they haven't covered on those games. It's a trend that's worth considering at 10.5. Atlanta, um, 10.5, 11, wherever that lands, big number. The Chiefs, just the way that they're they're playing, they're, they're winning maybe by a touchdown, but do they win by – double digits i, I think yeah. i'd leave towards atlanta if i was going to take the points here just because the chiefs aren't covering these days you know it's just not what they're doing uh doesn't mean that they're not as good as we thought they were it's just that's their mantra right now they lot they i think we're, you're going to see um edwards alaire not play this game he has a pretty severe high ankle sprain i guess so Le'Veon bell is going to get a good dose in this game um it's going to take a little bit of time probably to get on the same page with mahomes it's probably a good thing yeah. for them to you know if they can somehow get alaire back going in the playoffs and have Bell with some work. I think that's a good spot for them, but it's tempting to take Atlanta with, with, with 10 and a half points. Interesting. That, that's a, that's a good, um, that's a good number and a good trend uh, to keep an eye on there with the chiefs. Oh, and six against the spread. Uh, they, they're kind of a, a victim of their own results too. I mean, they're just a dominant team. And so that number gets, gets jacked up and, that's the one thing we can say every Sunday. It's not easy to always cover those big numbers. You know, just winning, it, no matter who you beat, is considered, uh, you know, big-time accomplishment. And, you know, that brings us to the next one, the New York Jets. <laughs> so they had the number one pick locked up, and they looked like they were uh, nowhere near uh, breaking through and getting that win. And then they do so against a good Rams team. It wasn't like they beat Jacksonville. I mean, they beat a very good L.A. Rams team, a playoff team, a team that I think could potentially put themselves in an NFC championship scenario. And uh, wow. I mean, just when you think uh, you got it all figured out. So the Jets win that game. Here's the big question, because they're playing a very hot Cleveland Browns team. How did the Jets handle success or were they scolded after the game by uh, by the front office on winning that football game? You know, it's kind of funny. And, and we haven't talked about this a ton. Um, but the thing that I have when people are like, oh, they, they need to lose this game or the the players and coaches that are there most likely aren't going to be there next year. Right. Yeah. So you think Adam Gase cares whether that's, or not that's number a good one. point. That's you know, a good point. He's trying to win games and these players are trying to win games for their resume. You know, I was, I was on a four and 12 team and believe me, we were trying to win every single game. There was no tanking because, yeah. because most of us didn't stick around. Right. If you're on that kind of team, you, most people are gone. Yeah. So, they're, they're going to try to win. I think Cleveland has got things locked up. I don't know. They got, I don't think there's going to be much of a letdown here and there. Cleveland, Cleveland is looking really good. Baker Mayfield has matured about a hundred times this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be a team to watch in the playoffs. I think um, nine and a half points. I, I don't know. I would probably still probably lean towards that um, towards nine and a half being a good number, I, but too big of a number right now for the Jets. The Jets, I think they're going to have a huge letdown, you know? Yeah. They are still the Jets, you know? Right, right. The very interesting game and a team that we, we opened uh, the show talking about, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Can you trust them in a week one matchup in the playoffs? Well, here's here's a good opportunity for us to, to believe in the Steelers. If people are pissed off that, hey, you're not, you're not believing in the Steelers. I mean, 
it, it is kind of funny. People are, are getting Steelers fans are getting a little sensitive about that. Well, you know what? Then go out this weekend and prove us all wrong because you play a legitimate playoff team in the, in the Indianapolis Colts. You're at home. The Colts are a slight favorite, a point to point and a half. So this is essentially a pick em game. So still Vegas sees value in Pittsburgh. I, I'll say it right now. I, I would take the Colts just based on the way that both these two teams are playing right now. Now, as we know, uh, Pittsburgh still has talent. Uh, that that record, the 11-game win streak they got off to was no fluke. But the fact that they've dropped three games in a row, I also don't think is necessarily a fluke. So if you want to shut people up, if you want people to consider you to be a legitimate threat in the AFC, you got to win this game. Flat out, got to win this game. So I'm not going to say I think they do, but this is a great opportunity for Pittsburgh and for the Steelers to tell everybody, the NFL and the fans and everybody, that they are for real, that they still are a team to keep your eye on in the play in the playoffs. Yeah, I think I think Indianapolis is is a better team right now. I, I don't know how Pittsburgh's going to react because I thought they were going to react better against the Bengals, yep, right? Too. And Indianapolis is obviously much better than the Bengals. Um, Indianapolis is playing good football right now, and they're playing um, they're playing for some meaning, right? I mean, they gotta they gotta keep winning to try to get um, to get to get win the win the division, right? Which gives them they're in the playoffs pretty much, but they gotta win this game because so they can get up and. and get past Tennessee you know what I mean um and that's they 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 they, they don't have the tiebreaker now but they got to win to try to do it so I, I think Indi- I don't know where Pittsburgh goes I if I had to guess I'd say Indianapolis does beat them right and this line moved from Pittsburgh favored by three to now being a, a one to two and a half point underdog um which is crazy for a team that was 11-0 but I just don't know when Pittsburgh bites back I, I they're at home you know they got embarrassed so we'll see how they – This I think this is a very – this is a must-watch game, honestly. Um, I would lean towards Indianapolis, um, though, just just passing the eye test. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if you're going off of what these two teams look like coming into this game, I think it's impossible to take the Steelers. I, I think the, the only reason you take the Steelers right now is you figure they're going to snap out of it, and this would be the weekend for them to do it. But tell me what you've seen the last three weeks that would – lead you to believe that that's exactly what's going to happen. So I'm right there with you. Uh, Giants, Ravens, uh, another big number in this one. Baltimore uh, is a favorite of 11 to where I've seen 10 and a half points. Uh, it's double digits. This one to me is also a little bit dangerous. I was tempted to go Giants uh, plus the points just because I don't think the Giants win this game, but I think the Giants have played with confidence. I think the Giants still feel like, hey, there's something that they could do about in the NFC East. So there still is a little bit of that uh, sense of urgency with the New York Giants. Now, again, when you're talking about the quarterback uh, situation for the Giants, it's not ideal when it comes to Cole McCoy and Danny Dimes and Danny Dimes just not being 100%. So that's an issue. And I think the Ravens are also understanding that, you know, after that Monday night game, that crazy game two weeks ago against the Browns, that there's still something with that football team that might reinvigorated them. I think they're going to play some good football, but I, I just think the Giants are a team that, unless you play four great quarters of football, it is really tough to blow that team out. Yeah. I, I'm going to pick the Giants as my underdog this week. I just decided at 11 points. Um, and mostly it's, it's not as much because of the, of the Giants as Baltimore, right? Baltimore seems to, they run the football. So there's not going to be a lot of scoring in this game, mm-hmm. right? They, they run the football. The Giants run the football. They both play defense. Um, I think this game, I think, I think Baltimore wins by a touchdown. I think they get a lead and they, they, they hold that lead. 
right? Because they're not going to – they need to win this game, but they're also just not super dynamic on offense. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be hard for me to see them them blow out the Giants. The Giants are still in it too, right? They're still they, – if they keep winning, if Washington loses, they they if they tie, they, they, they go ahead of them because they beat yep. them twice. So they have a – they have a lot to play for. Um, Judge hasn't playing good. They, they did not play very well last week, but I think that they they can come back. I think that they keep it close. Maybe they maybe they lose by a touchdown. If I would have to say, but I'm, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna take my Giants as that my underdog. You All go- right, you do that because I was tempted to do it. I stayed away from it for whatever reason. So I'm glad somebody's taken that one because I do I, I like the play. Yeah. I, I really do. Uh, Bengals Texans. Man, no respect for the Bengals after that big victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're still an eight to seven and a half point dog in certain books right now. So the Texans, I get it. They're maybe not as bad as what I saw from them two weeks ago against Chicago. They're still not good. Their defense is just shredded. Uh, You have no weapons around Deshaun Watson. I'm not trying to say that the Bengals win this game, but this is where I am going to take the underdog. I'm going to take the Bengals plus the eight points that I am seeing with Houston because, yeah, I think Houston wins the game, but are, are we really to believe that they're that much better than the Bengals, even without Joe Burrow in the lineup for Cincinnati? So, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and roll with uh, Cincinnati plus eight in this one. I like it. I like it. I mean, after seeing Houston where they've, they've disappointed this season, how can they be an eight point um, favorite against anyone? Right. And the line really didn't move after that game. Um, but eight points is still a lot for a team that, that really, I mean, I feel bad for Deshaun Watson, right? You talk about a guy who has no weapons, but yep. probably a top five quarterback in this league. Mm-hmm. It's going to be scary if they get some, a coach and a, and a manager in there who can put another, some weapons around him. I mean, think about what he had last year. Yeah. In, in weapons in fuller and still, I mean, they, they were, they were Hopkins. I mean, they were loaded. Yep. And, but Deshaun Watson still playing good football, just not much to work with. Not at all. Not at all. And especially, yeah, with fuller going down with the PD suspension, uh, just, yeah, it, it continues to get bad, but they probably win, but I just, I, I don't see them covering, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Broncos chargers. Uh, this is a game that again, which team shows up that the chargers are actually getting a slight edge in this one, two and a half to three points. I'm seeing it at three right now, favoring the chargers. Um, This is one that, I mean, I could honestly see going either way and I could see so many scenarios playing out. I, I guess the right team is favored, but ask me, you know, two weeks ago, and I probably would give you a different answer. Chargers got to win a freaking game. Don't they? They, I mean, they, that that was a great win that they had against the the Raiders. I loved what I saw from Herbert. But can they sustain success? That's the thing, you know. Can they can they go back to back wins? And they've been so close early in the season. Then they've, you know, then they kind of fell off. And then they get that win last week against the Raiders. Can they? I mean, can they double it up? And then I mean, you could kind of say the same thing for the Broncos. The Broncos at times have looked like a good football team, but it's just not been sustained success or any kind of consistency. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I guess this is more of like a numbers kind of game here. What I would say is, is, is you look at this number, because I saw two and a half, I saw three, and I saw three and a half. Yeah. And I would say three is a, is the number. If you get under three, then maybe the Chargers are the play. If you get over three, then maybe the Broncos are the play. You know, um, neither of these teams is very trustworthy, but the, the Chargers, if they win this, they would win three games in a row. 
And I don't think anyone thought the Chargers could win three games in a row. Denver has its own issues, but um, they've been they've been covering against the spread recently. They, they've got a little streak of doing that. I think that's where this line is. So I'm not going to touch this one, but it should be a very competitive game. The one thing to remember about Denver, again, their, their secondary is, is decimated, right? Yeah. And that's the, I would probably lean towards the Chargers a little bit more. Um, I think Eckler got dinged a little bit. And if Herbert, they just let him throw the ball. He can sling it, man. Mm-hmm. And I think he eats up this Denver team. It's just a matter of whether or not Denver um, does their part and scores too. So um, look for Herbert to have a big game against a beat-up secondary. This I, I'm going to go with this next game and say this I'm not I'm not betting it but I would say for Washington this is a watch out game because Washington needs to keep that lead needs to keep the Giants at bay the Giants have a tough matchup obviously this weekend too but this is a game that I could see Washington sort of coming back to the fold a little bit as I said last week about about the Panthers even with the team that's been kind of beat up and you know trying to get healthy. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is more than capable quarterback. The Panthers overall are still in a good place when it does come to what Matt rule has brought as a head coach. And let's not pretend Washington is this great football team either. So this could be one of those weekends where Washington walks away thinking that they really put themselves in a bad position. And I'm not just saying that, you know, they're a slight favorite of two, two and a half points, I'm not even saying I'm talking about covering. I'm talking about possibly losing this game. I think Washington's got a lot of momentum. Panthers are kind of trying to limp there to the finish line and piece all this thing together. But I still think there are enough parts with this Panthers team that they could pull off a victory. And this could really put Washington in a very tough situation and trying to win that division. Yeah, you know, Washington should get a little boost. I think Alex Smith comes back this week. Um, McLaren's been kind of banged up, so he might be kind of getting a little bit closer to be, being back there. And of course, Washington's defense—they their front four is good as anyone in football. Yeah, should be a challenge against uh, an O line in Carolina that has struggled. Right, they've lost some guys. Um, this is a this is a very close mat- matchup. I think I, I don't know exactly which way to lean, but um, Washington is playing for something, mm-hmm. so I, I think they got the number about right. And I, I'd lean, I'd lean, probably lean towards Washington here a little bit, thinking that they can stay in this race. And they're going to be at home. Alex Smith coming back should help them. I, I'd probably lean over that way. The uh, Cowboys, we probably haven't spent enough time on either. The Cowboys are five and nine, and they kind of similar to the Chicago Bears. Last few weeks, they've been able to find some success. Uh, Andy Dalton has had some good games. So. I'm not trying to say the competition they've played has been elite by any means, but uh, the Cowboys have played good football, but all of a sudden Philadelphia, even though they lost to the Cardinals last week, Jalen Hurts continues to show some stuff that he might be the answer at quarterback. Uh, this one is a tough one. And I'm going to say Jalen Hurts and the Eagles and the two and a half point number, I'm going to take as my other pick. And this is going to be, I'm taking the favorite in this one. I'm taking Philadelphia minus two and a half against the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys have played a lot better. I think they're starting to figure things out a little bit, but I also have to consider the teams that they've played compared to the Eagles, where I do think the Eagles with that quarterback change, I think they feel like they've made the type of move that can at least keep things interesting here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And the Eagles are kind of getting healthy. Uh, honestly, they're getting mm-hmm. some guys back. Miles Sanders has big runs. Um, they, they got, they play tough on defense. 
right? They, they had some DBs kind of beat up. But just look at the history of this matchup here. Late in the late in the season, Philadelphia's owned the, the they've owned Dallas. Yeah. Right. There was a stat I saw. I don't remember what it was, but they late in the season, Philly's been t- knocking off Dallas, and Dallas has. I would give Mike McCarthy a lot of credit um, for a guy that comes in there wants to have a new system and everything and he's lost a bunch of guys but he's found a way to win some football games and they're playing as good as they possibly can yeah they're just not that good and i think the eagles are starting to play how they should have been all year mm-hmm. and i'm going to be fascinated to watch that how this turns out because if you'd have told me that that carson wentz has a, a chance of not being here in philly next year i just said you're crazy just for the salary cap and everything but yeah. now when hurts comes out you're like hold on a second. He, he fits the mold of what all these other guys are doing. Yeah. Um, this is going to get interesting, but I, I think this would be a good game. I, I mean, I, I really don't like the Eagles. I, I would say I hate the Eagles. Um, and now that Jason Garrett is in the Dallas, I don't care about them either, but it should be a good game. And I think, I do think Philly comes out. I, I would, yeah. I would, I, I like your bet. I think it's a good, good play. Uh, another good one, the Rams Seahawks, man, the Rams, they need to atone for what was just a disastrous showing against the worst team in the NFL, the New York Jets. And they take on a very good Seattle team. Uh, the Rams, they're they're going to be in, but they've, they've got to be able to, again, if they have a chance to maybe improve their seed, if they have a chance to just kind of maybe for themselves sort of put what happened last week in the rear view. Best way to do that is by beating a very good Seattle team. And remember the way that they played Seattle the the last time these guys played, I mean, they dominated them defensively. They were great offensively. They had, they had the jump on that Seattle defense. So Seattle's obviously going to be pretty pissed off. Uh, They are a slight one and a half point favorite Seattle is. So it's again, kind of similar into the the Pickham neighborhood. I don't know what to expect. I think you'll see a much better effort out of the Rams, but I think Seattle also, I mean, they're another team that understands that if they get to 11 wins, I mean, given how flawed that defense had been in the first half, I I think that's a huge accomplishment for the Seattle team. So I think this is going to be a fantastic game. I would slightly lean towards the Seahawks in this one, but I don't know if I'd put a lot of money on it. And I was really hoping that the, the market and the line would move with the Rams getting beat. Uh, if they if they took us to more than three, I'd take the Rams. I would too. Not that they think they'd win it, but I think that'd be a better yeah. value there. Um, but I think, you know, I was hoping there'd be an overreaction. There wasn't. Um, I nope. think it's going to be a great game. I, I don't know who comes out. I, I, I'm i on the way, the Rams bandwagon, honestly, as a team that I think with when they're playing as good as they're playing, as good as they've been playing up until that Jets game, they were hot and they were there. I love how they run their offense. I like what they do. And then I think they just, I think you want to just take that as an outlier, the Jets game. This should be a good game. And then both these teams play the other teams in their division next week. So it's, it's coming down to the wire for these guys, but I see if it's three or less, I'm, I think the Seahawks would be the better play. Cause I think they come yeah. down to the, game of the field goal. Um, if it gets above that, I take the Rams, but this, this is, this is a game I think that's going to be worth watching. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the Sunday night game is going to be a game worth watching too. Tennessee at Green Bay. Green Bay is a three and a half point favorite. Uh, as we mentioned, Green Bay can pretty much sew up the number one seed if they can take care of business on Sunday night. Uh, Tennessee, another team kind of similar to, to Seattle, man. Look at how bad this defense was at times. Worst third down percentage in all of the NFL, I think in week six, week seven. I mean, they could not get off the field yet they've been able to kind of work around certain things. They've been able to kind of mask some of their deficiencies. Derrick Henry's still a stud. Ryan Tannehill's played 
good football. Um, the, I think this is going to be a, a great game. And this is another game that I say, all right, Green Bay, if you can play some defense, if you can stop the run, uh, let's see it. Because Green Bay, I know, is worthy of being in the playoffs and worthy of being considered to be one of the best teams in the NFC. If they are to be considered a legitimate threat to win a Super Bowl, I got to see more out of their defense. I think this is a fantastic matchup for them to try to give maybe people more confidence in that, in that side of the football. Yeah. And this is, this is going to be my, 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 my favorite pick this week. Um, I don't necessarily like three and a half, but I do think green Bay wins this game. And I think there's a good chance they win by four to six points. Mm-hmm. Um, just given given everything they've gone through, you know what I mean? They, they just the setting. I think it's a bad spot for Tennessee. I think Tennessee has been really, really reliant on Derrick Henry. And I think green Bay knows that. And it isn't that I don't think he can match up against this defense. I think it's going to be hard um, mostly because of the cold going up there. I just don't think, I think green Bay has in their mind that they can't be beat at home in this cold. Right. And I, yeah. and I think Tennessee is going to have a tougher time of going up there and accomplishing that. Devonte Adams is right now the best receiver in the NFL. Everyone knows he's going to get almost every target yet. He still comes up with them. It's, I mean, it's amazing. I kind of worry about him being overused, but I mean, I also worry about Derrick Henry being overused. Yeah. yeah, I mean, guy's going to approach 400 targets, um, carries again, and he is playing like a beast. But, you know, get up there and you get stuffed a few times and it's cold out, you kind of pack it in a little bit, you know. I, I think it's going to be harder. I think they're going to – if Tennessee would were to pull this off, they're going to have to to play action pass. They're going to have to run the football and, and play some defense. I just don't know if you can stop Green Bay at home in this in December. I, I, I don't like three and a half, but I'm going to take them as my pick. Um, my best bet for a, a favorite. Well, and that's the other thing too, is which team has the weaker defense. We're going to find out because as I mentioned, the Tennessee could not get off the field on third downs for the majority of the season. And green Bay has had such a tough time stopping the run. These things are going to be on display uh, on Sunday night. So we're going to see which team defensively has maybe been able to improve in the area that has been critical with their defense. These are not, good defenses that are going to be on display Sunday night. One of them is going to have to come out and make some plays. I, that, that's going to be the big question. And to your point, why I would probably lean with Green Bay is, okay, then which quarterback can make one of those defenses pay more? Come on, Aaron Rodgers versus Ryan Tannehill? I, I, I like Rodgers in that. Don't you feel like Green Bay, every time they play on primetime, they just turn it on, yeah. right? I mean, it's like every time you see them on primetime, they win by two touchdowns. Right. And I feel like that's kind of what's going to happen in this game. I'm not saying they're going to win by two touchdowns, but I feel like Green Bay, they just are made for this. I don't know what it is, um, but they play very well in night games in December at home, and I'm going to go ahead and go with them. The Buffalo Bills uh, most likely going to sit pretty in that two spot uh, for the AFC playoffs. They've got the Patriots in New England. Uh, First of all, congrats to Buffalo winning the division, somebody other than New England. So we officially now know there's a changing of the guard. Uh, So they do win the division. They, They do understand that if they win, they're pretty much set for the number two spot unless something just absolutely absurd happens. I think they're going to be motivated. I'm not trying to say they won't be. They're a seven-point favorite, though. I don't know if I like that number. This is interesting um, because the, this Green Bay team, who this year I think took a flyer on Cam Newton, um, the thing to think about here is, you know, they, they're saying that Newton's their guy, but if he's not going to be next year, which I don't know why he would be, 
wouldn't yeah. you want to stit him in there and, and let him take I, I'd want to know what I got out of him. Absolutely. But I do think Buffalo wants to step on the throat of the New England Patriots. Yes. I mean, that that's why this number kind of pushed up there. It was only four and a half. They went up to seven. Um, I, I don't know how to handicap New England. I don't. I, I, I've never no. seen Belichick lose, so we just don't know how. You know, most <laughs> coaches are like, okay, after a loss, they do this, or during a losing season, this is how they do it. But the Patriots in 20 years haven't been a losing team. Right. So um, I, get the, I just get the feeling that Buffalo is going to destroy New England. I just, I feel like they want, this is their, winning the division doesn't mean anything until they beat New England again. Yeah, right? could be right. They, um, this, they'll celebrate winning the, the, the AFC East with this victory. That's what they want to do. They want to they want to go to New England and beat them there and then wear their hats all around. Yeah. And, and take it take it to and take it to Belichick. You know, Belichick doesn't dance on logos like Juju does, but I think everyone <laughs> wants to take him down. So, Another good game. I'm interested to see in this game more than anything to see the progression of Josh Allen, mm-hmm. who somehow has, has improved his accuracy over two years by 20 percentage points, which is out of this world. Um, I think they're kind of gearing up towards a now we're kind of gearing up towards a Chiefs Buffalo matchup at some point because the Chiefs really took it to him the first time, but that was a different team. So I want to see. I'm interested to see how how Josh Allen and, and Buffalo plays. Buffalo is playing way better defense. They got yeah. Darius right back. They got some some guys. So um, the only thing that, that takes me off this is the number and the fact that they're going to New England. But should be a good, should be a good a good good day for Buffalo. I think that's the Monday night finale because there will be no Monday night game on Week 17. So we've got football Friday we've got football Saturday Sunday and Monday in week 16 and when we come back next week before we ring in the new year we should be pretty much getting a I would say a solid idea on the playoff picture I, I have a feeling though we still might see some of those those bottom seeds still up for grabs um, but I, I get the feeling we will know who the number one seeds are this time next week so yeah uh, a lot going on it's going to be about seeding next week and we'll have a lot to talk about and you know in the AFC South, um, you got the AFC West. It's going to be up for grabs. They're all playing mm-hmm. together, um, so there should be some good football. Then we'll somehow figure out how to handicap games that don't mean anything. Yeah, uh, I don't. So it's fun. I'm not. I don't know. I'm not a professional better, but you know, I would. I would have never guessed that Cincinnati played that hard. Against yeah. Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? That might have been more surprising than what we saw with the Jets and the Rams. The oh, Rams. Totally. The Rams and the Jets, I mean, it, it was almost like, okay, the Jets are just – they're going to accidentally win a game, right? I mean, the law of averages. But, I mean, what Cincinnati did against Pittsburgh, against a team that needed a win, yeah. it wasn't like Pittsburgh was, oh, it's a trap game. They're overlooking. Like, Pittsburgh needed a win in the worst way, and they couldn't do that against a team that, sorry, is inferior, especially without Joe Burrow. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Finley, he had like 86 yards passing. They'd be yeah. – <laughs> So, Shows you the value of turnovers too. There it is right there. That's why you got to watch these games because they will be, be interesting. So yeah, great week. Let's go back. I know we, um, let's see, to finish it up, I got Green Bay and the Giants and you got the mm-hmm. Philadelphia Eagles and the Cincinnati Bengals. So yes. let's see if we can um, make some money for our people out there. I missed, I missed Minnesota last week. I got to make it up. Yeah, well, I, I missed by a half point of the Texans. So there you go. <laughs> All right, man. Have a very Merry Christmas to you and your family. Look forward to talking to you here next week. Uh, enjoy all of the festivities. And uh, yeah, it'll be good. All right, man. Have a good one now. You too. It's not a game. It's a